ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so the chapter now where the author begins with the ayah إِنَّمَا ذَلِكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ يُخَوِّفُ أَوْلِيَاءَهُ فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ The meaning of it? That all these Satan uh, who frightens you of his supporters, so fear them not, so fear me if you are indeed believers. So that is only Shaitan who frightens you of his supporters, so fear not them. But fear me if indeed you are believers. So this is now regarding the issue of fear. The previous chapter was talking about the issue of love. Here now we have the issue of fear. Because as we said before, worship is built upon love, fear and hope. So this is another one of those aspects of worship. وَالْخَوْفُ مِنَ اللَّهِ هُوَ أَحَدُ رَكَائِزِ الْعِبَادَةِ Fear from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one of the, the aspects of worship that it is built upon. كَمَا سَبَقَ أَنَّ الْمَحَبَّةِ وَالْخَوْفِ وَالرَّجَاءِ أَعْظَمُ أَنْوَاعِ الْعِبَادَةِ As we have mentioned before, that love and fear and hope are from the greatest types of worship. And they are from the worships of the heart. وَهِيَ أَعْمَالْ قَلْبِيَّةِ فَلَمَّا ذَكَرَ الْمَحَبَّةِ في الباب السابق ذكر في هذا الباب الخوف. So the author mentioned the issue of love in the previous chapter, and now in this chapter he mentions the issue of fear. ليدل على أن المحبة لا تكفي وحدها. In order to indicate to you that love by itself is not sufficient. Rather, as we said, أهل السنة love, fear, and hope. All of them come together. So he mentions this topic of fear straight after the topic of love to indicate to you that love by itself is not sufficient. Rather, it must come along with the affair of fear and hope. لِأَنَّ التَّعَبُّدَ بِالْمَحَبَّ وَحْدَهَا مَنْهَجَ السُّوفِيَّ الضُّلَّالِ Because worshipping Allah upon love alone, that is the methodology of the misguided Sufis. أَمَّا مَنْهَجَ الرُّسُلْ وَأَتْبَاعِهِمْ فَإِنَّهُ يَنْبَنِي عَلَى الْمَحَبَّ وَالْخَوْفَ الرَّجَاءِ As for the methodology of the messengers and their followers, then the methodology is built upon love, fear and hope. مَحَبَّةَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ مَعَ خَوْفِهِ وَرَجَائِهِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكِ مِنْ أَعْمَالِ الْقُلُوبِ Love for Allah with fearing Him and having hope in Him and the other affairs from the worship of the heart like the trust and the dependence in Allah, uh, these are all great acts of worship. So now then, Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, is going to explain the different types of fear. He says that there are various types of fear, and he mentions that particularly here, there are three types of fear. He says the first type is خوف السر 
وهو الخوف الذي يكون معه عبادة معه عبادة لغير الله أو ترك لما أوجب الله ومعناه أن يخاف الإنسان من غير الله من الأصنام والأوثان وما عبد من دون الله من القبور والأضرحاء أو يخاف الشياطين والجن وتقرب إليهم بما يحبون من الشرك بالله من أجل أن يسلم من شرهم فهذا شرك أكبر يخرج من الملة He says the first type is the fear the fear which emanates from it worship to others besides Allah a type of fear that it leads you to worship others besides Allah or it causes you to abandon some of the obligations upon you in terms of the obedience and worship to Allah fear of something to such a degree that it causes you to commit shirk to worship others or it causes you to abandon some of the obligations of worship to Allah. So the shaykh says, for example, a person fears others besides Allah, the statues, the idols, the graves, the shayateen, the jinn. Somebody fears those types of things to such a degree that the individual uh, may end up committing shirk, may end up performing certain actions for these shayateen, for the jinn, etc., fearing them, hoping that he'll be safe from their evil if he performs these actions of shirk. And as a consequence, this is in reality major shirk that exits a person from the fold of Islam. If he fears <coughs> these other idols and statues and the deceased in their graves and the shayateen and the jinn, and therefore ends up performing acts of worship to them, fearing them, hoping that if he performs these acts of worship, he'll be safe from their harm, then this is individually, or this individual is uh, the one who has committed major shirk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned regarding Ibrahim alayhi salam that he said, وَلَا أَخَافُ مَا تُشْرِكُونَ بِهِ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ رَبِّ شَيْئَهَا He said to them, Ibrahim alayhi salam, said to his people, I do not fear what you commit shirk with, besides Allah, all these other deities and statues and idols. I do not fear them. وَلَا أَخَافُ مَا تُشْرِكُونَ بِهِ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ رَبِّ شَيْئَا Nothing can occur unless Allah decrees something. Then he also mentioned, وَكَيْفَ أَخَافُ مَا أَشْرَكْتُمْ وَلَا تَخَافُونَ أَنَّكُمْ أَشْرَكْتُمْ بِاللَّهِ how can I fear what you commit shirk with? These are the deities and statues and idols of yours. How can I fear them? And you do not fear Allah, the one you have committed shirk with. You have committed shirk with Him in an affair that Allah has not revealed any evidence for you upon. He has not given you any proof. Rather, you have gone against the revelation and committed this shirk and you do not fear. Then how do you expect me to fear from your idols or deities? كَأَنَّهُمْ تَوَعَّدُوهُ بِآلِهَتِهِمْ وَمَعْبُودَاتِهِمْ أَنْ It's as if the shaykh says, those people had threatened Ibrahim alayhi salam with their idols and their statues, telling him that they will cause harm to you. It is as if they threatened him in this way. So he replied to them, how can I fear these things that you commit shirk with Allah, these idols and statues, how can I fear them? Why should I fear them? 
and you do not fear that you have committed shirk with Allah in that which Allah did not give you any proof for, you have gone against the revelation and committed this shirk. فَهَذَا رَدٌ عَلَيْهِمْ كَيْفَ لَا تَخَافُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَأَنْتُمْ تُهَدِّدُونَنِي بأن أَخَافُ مِنْ بأن أَخَافَ مِنْ مَعْبُودَاتِكُمْ أَلَّتِي لَا تُغْنِي عَنِّي شَيْئًا So Ibrahim alayhi salam, it's like he's saying to them, how do you expect me to fear these idols or deities of yours? How do you expect me? Why should I fear from them? And at the same time, you are threatening me that I should. Why should I? You do not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this affair. Then why do you expect me to fear them? And that's why it says in the Quran, فَأَيُّ الْفَرِيقَيْنِ أَحَقُّ بِالْأَمْنِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Which of the two parties are more deserving of safety and security? If indeed you knew, certainly the ones who are upon the worship of Allah are the ones with the safety and the security. And as for those who are upon shirk worshipping others, then they are the ones who are not in safety and security. هَلْ هُوَ أَنَا الَّذِي أَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ أَوَنْتُمُ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكْتُمْ Who is the one with the security? I, the one who worships Allah, or you the ones who commit shirk? So the answer is clear. The one who is upon the worship of Allah is the one upon security. And we've already studied that. At the beginning of Kitab al-Tawheed, we mentioned the issue of safety and protection from Allah. For the one who is upon Tawheed, it was the ayah, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِمَانَهُمْ بِذُلْمُ أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمُ الْأَمْنُ وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ That those who believe and then they do not mix their iman with shirk, then they are the ones who have al-amn. They are the ones who have that safety and security. وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ And they are the rightly guided ones. The ones who worship Allah upon Tawheed. And they do not mix their Tawheed with shirk then they are the ones who are given that safety and security, and they are the ones who are guided rightly. وَكَمَا ذَكَرَ اللَّهُ عَنْ نَبِيِّهِ هُودِ أَنَّ قَوْمَهُ قَالُوا إِنَّ قُولُوا إِلَّا عَتَرَاكَ بَعْضُ آلِهَتِنَا بِسْهُوءٍ It is mentioned regarding some of the other prophets and messengers like the prophet Hud. <coughs> That the people they said to him, إِنَّ قُولُ إِلَّا عَتَرَاكَ بَعْضُ آلِهَتِنَا بِسُوءٍ That they were threatening him. They were threatening him saying that our idols and our statues, they will harm you. They will be able to bring some bad to you. يُخَوِّفُونَ هُودًا They were trying to make him afraid. لَمَّا دَعَا إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ وَتَرْكَ عِبَادَةِ الْأَصْنَامِ When he began to call them to Tawheed and to abandon the worship of the idols, they began to threaten him saying that our idols will cause harm to you. They will be able to afflict you. يُخَوِّفُونَهُ بِالْأَصْنَامِ أَن تُصِيبَهُ وَيُهَدِّدُونَهُ بِهَا So they were trying to make him afraid and they were threatening him saying that our idols will be able to cause you harm. قَالْ إِنِّي أُشْهِدُ اللَّهَ وَاشْهَدُوا أَنِّي بَرِيءٌ مِّمَّا تُشْرِكُونَ He said, I... Call Allah to testify and you testify that I am innocent of what you commit shirk with. So when they tried to threaten him, when they tried to threaten him, saying that their idols and their gods and their fake statues and gods will be able to harm him, 
Then he replied to them saying that I testify that I have nothing to do with this shirk of yours and these idols of yours and you can plot as you will. So he responded to them duly. And the shaykh says, look at the way that he responded to them. All of those people against him. One man, Hud, responding to them in this way, saying that I have nothing to do with the shirk of yours and these idols of yours, plan as you will. ثُمَّ قَالْ إِنِّي تَوَكَّلْتُ عَلَى اللَّهِ رَبِّي وَرَبِّكُمْ He says, I have put my trust in Allah, my Lord and your Lord. أَعْلَنَ الْبَرَاءَ مِنْهَا so he declared his innocence of all of their shirk. وَتَحَدَّاهَا وَتَحَدَّ جَمِيعَ الْأُمَّةِ أَلَّتِي تَعْبُدُهَا أَنْتَكِيدَ So he then challenged them and challenged all of these people. <coughs> Plan as you will and see what you can do. Plan as you will and plot as you will. He challenged them all. So this was the uh, response of Hud because he knew these idols of theirs cannot do anything to him. So he challenged them, plot as you will, do as you will. See if these idols of yours can do anything. And they could not. Similarly, the mushrikeen at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, كَذَلِكَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ قَالُوا لِنَبِيِّنَ مُحَمَّدْ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَا ذَكَرَهُ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ بِقَوْلِهِ أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ عَبْدَهِ وَيُخَوِّفُونَكَ بِالَّذِينَ مِن دُونِهِ is Allah not sufficient for His servant? And they try to put fear into you from others besides Allah. With their idols and their statues and their deities, they try to put fear into you, claiming that they will harm you, and the idols and the deities will harm you. فَالْمُشْرِكُونَ يُخَوِّفُونَ الرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِمَعْبُودَاتِهِمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ فَرَدَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ بِقَوْلِهِ أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ عَبْدَهِ so those mushrikeen were attempting to make fear into the heart of the Prophet ﷺ, telling him that their idols and their deities will cause harm to him. Yet Allah rebuked them and said, Allah is sufficient for his servant. That those idols and those deities and these uh, false gods of theirs will not be able to do anything. So this is the first type. This is the first type of fear and it is in essence the fear of worship. The fear that is linked to worship. That you fear other deities besides Allah to the degree that you end up worshipping them or providing or performing some acts of worship to them to protect yourself from them. Or you end up leaving obligations to Allah uh, as a consequence of your fear of these shayateen, the jinn, the deceased in their graves, etc. Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, فَالْمُؤْمِنُ لَا يَخَافُ هَذِهِ الْمَعْبُودَاتِ أَبَدًا A believer, the believer does not fear these other deities of theirs, these false deities ever. He does not fear from the idols. He doesn't fear from the graves and the shrines that are worshipped besides Allah. لا يخاف من الشياطين والجن أن تصيبه إلا بإذن الله. He does not fear from the shayateen or the jinn. He doesn't fear from them that they will do anything to him. Only by the permission of Allah, by the decree of Allah, will anything happen. Otherwise, he doesn't fear that the jinn can do anything or harm him. وكذلك الخوف من كل مخلوق أن يصيبه بما لا يقدر عليه إلا الله 
من الإصابة بالمرض أو قطع الرزق أو غير ذلك وهذا أحد أنواع الشرك الأكبر So if a person has any type of fear from the creation that they can harm him in this way, that they could put illness on him, they could cut off his sustenance from him. Having this type of fear of people in creation or other deities in creation, the false deities, having this type of fear, then it's really in essence a type of shirk. To have fear of that nature from the shayateen, from the jinn, from others, that they could uh, harm you, they could bring illness to you, they could cut off your sustenance from you to the extent a person ends up leaving obligations or performing worship for them, fearing from himself or fearing from them upon himself. Shaykh Al-Fawzan then says, وَالْآنْ عُبَّادُ الْقُبُورِ يَهَدِّدُونَ النَّاسَ بِهَذِهِ الْأَضْرِحَةِ He says, those worshippers of the graves, they threaten people with these shrines of theirs. يَقُولُونَ الْوَلِيُّ الْفُلَانِ يُصِيبُ مَنْ لَمْ يَخْضَعْ لَهُ وَيَعْبُدُهُ they say that this particular wali, this great wali of Allah that is buried here, if you do not worship him or you do not come and make dua to him, then he will harm you. He will be able to afflict you. He will afflict you or maybe your children. He will harm you. So the commoners, they are conned and deceived by this uh, frightmongering. And so they fall into the worship of these idols and these statues and these graves and these shrines, believing that if they do not, they will be presenting themselves to harm coming to them. And that is the way of some of the misguided individuals from their worship of the idols, from their worship of nowadays the statues, the shrines, the shrines and the deceased and their graves that they go to, from their extreme exaggeration in their love for these people to an extent that they have raised them to a level beyond what is acceptable by any means. That individual from the Sufis, the one who passed away, Sheikh Nazim, they used to call him. This individual, from the individuals misguided, he used to claim that the angels are not writing down his deeds anymore. He said after he got to the age of 80, the angels told him he can do what he want. After he has died now, there are people, Allahu A'lam, if they are making a mockery, or if they are real, there are people claiming to be selling the wudu water of Sheikh Nazim. The wudu, the water that he made wudu with, they collected it, they said we're selling it now. Whoever wants to buy the wudu water of Sheikh Nazim. This is the exaggeration and the extremism they fell into. Some of the Sufis and their likes. So this is what they do, they threaten the people that these great awliya, as they tell them, and they are not in reality awliya. They say they will harm you if you do not make dua to them and you do not go to their grave and do other types of things. As for the people of Iman, they do not fear except Allah. Because Allah, He is the one who controls the harm and the benefit. And all of the affairs are in the control of Allah. وَأَنَّهُ لَا يُصِيبُ الْمُؤْمِنُ إِلَّا مَا قَدَّرَهُ اللَّهُ لَهُ And a person understands and believes that nothing can occur to him except what Allah decrees. It's not the shayateen or the jinn that are going to do it. 
It is whatever is decreed from Allah to occur to you. So your trust is in Allah and you do not have fear of the jinn and the shayateen, etc. قُلْ لَنْ يُصِيبَنَا إِلَّا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَنَا هُوَ مَوْلَانَا وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ In the Qur'an Allah says, Say, nothing will occur to us, nothing will afflict us, except what Allah has written for us. He is our guardian. Whatever Allah has written upon us, that is what will occur. Otherwise nothing else will occur to us or afflict us. And upon Allah we put our trust in. The believers put their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is one type of fear. And that is shirk, to have this type of fear. To fear others besides Allah to the level that you start performing worships for them, or to the level that you stop doing worship to Allah because you fear them, then that is shirk. The second type of fear, النوع الثاني من أنواع الخوف المذموم the second type of fear which is dispraiseworthy as well. أَنْ يَتْرُكَ الْإِنسَانَ مَا أَوْجَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الدَّعْوَةِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ خَوْفًا مِنَ النَّاسِ أَنْ يُؤْذُوهُ أَوْ يُضَايِقُوهُ أَوْ يُعَذِّبُوهُ فَيَتْرُكَ الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَالدَّعْوَةِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَبَيَانُ الْحَقِّ خَوْفًا مِنَ النَّاسِ فَهَذَا شِرْكٌ أَصْغَرُ وَهُوَ مُحَرَّمٌ the second type is that a person abandons the da'wah, abandons enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, abandons calling the people to the truth, fearing the harm of the people upon himself, fearing that they will harm him, fearing that they will punish him, fearing that they will do bad to him. So he stops clarifying the truth, he stops clarifying the upright da'wah, the correct methodology, fearing from the people what they will do to him. So this is, the shaykh says, also impermissible. This is also impermissible and it is a type of minor shirk. And if you look at the examples of the great scholars, they did not fall into this. If you look at the example of Imam Ahmad and what occurred to him when they were threatening him, not only threatening him, they were actually beating him to say that the Qur'an is created, which is a false aqidah. But he refused. And it's mentioned in a narration, of another one of the scholars who was alive at that time, that his daughters wrote to their father, and they said, we have heard that Imam Ahmad is being beaten over this issue of the Qur'an being created. They are trying to make him say the Qur'an is created, and he's not saying it, and he's being beaten and beaten and imprisoned. We've heard about this. They said to their father, who was known from amongst the people of knowledge at that time too, at the same time of Imam Ahmad, they said to him, we've heard all these things about Imam Ahmad and what's happening to him. So you, O oh father, if they ask you about the same thing, and they tell you to say the Qur'an is created, then do not say it. Do not say it. We would rather, they said, we would rather, it would be more beloved to us, if news comes to us of commiserations over your death, because you refused to say what they were making you say, that would be more beloved to us than hearing the news that you have succumbed and said that the Qur'an is created. This is the way that they were. This is how the scholars were. And these were the two daughters of this particular scholar at that time. They said, don't say it, O Father. Do not say this false aqidah. Better we hear, more beloved to us, even if we hear the news, the commiserations upon your death comes to us, is better than hearing that you have said the Qur'an is created. 
So this second type here they mention is that a person abandons that truth, fearing what the people are going to do to him. Then this is a type of minor shirk again, because your fear of the creation has prevented you from being upright upon the truth. Your fear of the creation has prevented you from calling to the truth and enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. It's mentioned in a hadith, the shaykh says, أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُحَاسِبُ الْعَبْدَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ That Allah will hold a servant accountable on the day of judgment. لِمَا لَمْ تَأْمُرْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْهَا عَنَ الْمُنْكَرِ Why did you not enjoy the good and forbid the evil? It will be said to him. He will say, يَا رَبِّ خَشِيتُ النَّاسِ My Lord, I fear the people. So it will be said to him, إِيَّايَ أَحَقُّ أَن تَخْشَى I am more deserving that you should have feared, i.e. Allah. You should have feared Allah more than you fear the people. But you feared the people, and therefore abandoned the call, the uh, call to this da'wah, uh, and you abandoned enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. So this is something impermissible too. The third type of fear is natural fear. Natural fear. الَّذِي لَيْسَ مَعَهُ عِبَادًا لِلْمُخَوْفِ وَلَا تَرْكِ لِوَاجِبِ Meaning that there is no worship attached to this type. It is not linked to any worship. It is a natural fear. كَأَنْ يَخَافَ الْإِنسَانِ مِنَ الْعَدُوءِ أَوْ مِنَ السَّبْعِ أَوْ مِنَ الْحِيَّةِ وَيَخَافُ الْإِنسَانِ مِنَ عَدَائِهِ أَوْ يَخَافُ مِنَ السِّبَاعِ أَوْ يَخَافُ مِنَ الْهَوَامِ فَهَذَا الْخَوْفُ خَوْفٌ طَبِيعِي لَا يُلَامُ عَلِيهِ الْإِنسَانِ لِأَنَّهُ لَيْسَ عِبَادَةٌ وَلَيْسَ تَرْكَ النِّوَاجِبِ لَا يُؤَاخَذُ عَلِيهِ الْإِنسَانِ This is the natural fear. Natural fear, you're walking in the forest, and you've been told in this forest there are poisonous snakes. So as you're walking through, there's going to be a degree of fear in your heart as you're going through. Keeping an eye out and looking out, and there's some fear, and you're alert because you've been told in this particular forest there are poisonous snakes that can kill. So you have that natural fear. Natural fear. Or you've been told in this particular forest there are lions that eat humans. Been known in the past that they have dragged away humans and eaten them. So when you're walking through, you have a natural fear. That is natural fear. Natural fear of something. Enemies. Your enemies are coming to attack you. It's a natural fear. So these types of things are natural fear. And they do not come into uh, worship. There is no worship involved with this. You're not going to abandon anything of the religion due to this. But this is a natural fear that a person may experience from time to time, walking somewhere alone at night in the dark. So you have some natural fear that there may be something, attack or whatever it may occur. You're alert as you're walking through the forest or through the alleyway. These are natural types of fear or natural alertness that a person then has. And that is not something uh, that you are held accountable upon. That is simply a natural type of fear from those possibilities of harm coming to you. Uh, and it's mentioned regarding Musa alayhi salam. Wa Musa alayhi salam, lamma ta'amara alayhi al-mala' liyaqtuluhu wa unzira an yakhruja min al-balad, an yukhruja min al-balad, fakharaja minha khaifan yataraqqab, qala rabbi najjini min al-qawm al-zalimin. And this is something, an example mentioned from Musa alayhi salam. When the people... They, the ones who were opposing him, the ones who were not upon belief, and they threatened him and they plotted against him, that they were going to kill him. And then he exited from that khaifan, with some fear. 
And that is the natural fear. Because the enemies are after you and they want to kill you. Or you're walking in the forest and there are predatory animals. Or you're somewhere where there are scorpions in the desert. All of these things occur as natural fear and that is not something a person is held accountable upon. As long as that does not make you abandon anything from the religion. But if you allow this fear to make you abandon things from the religion, then it's again falling into the prohibited types of categories. So for example, if there is some possibility of some harm coming to you from some enemy or some poisonous animal, and as a consequence you abandon certain obediences to Allah, certain worships, because of your fear of these things, then it would be going into territory which is not correct. Yes, sometimes it could be allowances. There could be allowances on occasion. That maybe uh, there happens to be a, uh, a large amount of predatory animals, lions that have come out of the forest and they're circling your house. So now it's impossible for you to leave and go to the prayer and congregation. So there that would be an allowance in those situations. But otherwise, where there isn't that direct threat, for you to then allow this fear, this natural fear to come to a level where it stops you from doing worship, then that's a problem again. So, uh, if it does not get to that kind of level, then natural fear, otherwise you're not held accountable upon. Then it mentions the ayah, إِنَّمَا ذَلِكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ يُخَوِّفُ أَوْلِيَاءَ That is the shaitan who causes you to fear from his uh, comrades, فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ So do not fear them and fear me if you are believers. This ayah then, uh, one of the examples that the shaykh mentions regarding it is that the Prophet ﷺ and his companions when the battle of Uhud occurred, when the battle of Uhud occurred, and as you are aware, the great trial occurred to the believers, uh, and some of the Muslims, the believers, they were martyred in the battle of Uhud. Istushhida min al-Muslimina man istushhida wa ansaraf al-Mushrikuna ila Makkah aradu an yur'ibu al-Muslimin fa'arsalu ilayhim yuhaddidunahum yaqulun inna nasa narji'u ilaykum. After the battle of Uhud, when some of the Muslims were then killed, as you're aware, when the archers came down and then Khalid ibn Walid, at the time who was with the Mushrikeen, hadn't become Muslim yet, he came around with the army and some of the Muslims were martyred at that time and the difficulty occurred. Then afterwards, after the battle finished and the Mushrikeen went back, they sent a message to the Muslims in Medina. Because now the Muslims had been afflicted. Many of the Muslims had been killed and martyred after what happened in Uhud. So the Mushrikeen felt like they had some, some uh, momentum. So they sent a letter back to the Muslims in Medina saying, we're going to come back. We will come back to you and we will finish you off. They sent a letter or they sent a message saying that we will return. We will return to finish off what we started now. We will return to finish you off. We will come and finish off the rest of you. So when this message came to the Prophet ﷺ and the believers, when this message came to them, and remember, even the Prophet ﷺ was harmed in the battle of Uhud. He was hit in the face, and his tooth was broken, and he fell down into a pit. And it's mentioned in some of the narrations, how some of the companions of Ubaid ibn Jarrah, he came and he had to suck some of the, the blood that was flowing from the face, etc. So there was much difficulty which occurred. 
So the mushrikeen sent the letter saying, we will come back and we'll finish off the rest of you. So when this news reached the Muslims, uh, it's mentioned in the Quran that they said, قَالُوا حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ Allah is sufficient for us and the best of protectors. Allah is sufficient for us and the best of protectors. لَمْ يُؤَثِّرْ عَلَيْهِمْ هَذَا التَّهْدِيدِ This threat of the mushrikeen did not affect them at all. They were not bothered one bit by this threat of the mushrikeen. It did not have any impact upon them. وَأَمَرَ سَأَسَلَّمْ أَصْحَابَهُ أَنْ يَخْرُجُوا وَفِيهِمُ الْجَرَّاحِ وَفِيهِمُ التَّعْبُ بَعْدَ الْمَعْرَكَةِ فَنَهَضُوا مُسْرِعِينَ وَخَرَجُوا مَعَ سَأَسَلَّمْ وَنَزَلُوا فِي مَكَانْ يُقَالُ لَوْ حَمْرَاءُ الْأَسَدِ So even after that battle now, when these difficulties had occurred, and the Muslims were in a state of fatigue after the battle of Uhud, this was very soon afterwards, they were in fatigue and they were injured. They had injured people amongst them. Despite that, when this message came, they said, Allah is the best of protectors, uh, our trust is in Allah, and the Prophet ﷺ commanded them and said, stand, let's go out. Stand and let's go out against them. So they stood and they went out, and they started heading towards them. The mushrikeen had sent this message saying, we're going to come back and finish you off, to threaten them, to scare them. Instead the Muslims... They said, we put our trust in Allah, He's the best of protectors, and they got up and they headed out towards them. Until they came to a place called Hamra'ul Asad, on the way, and they st- uh, uh, waited there. They stopped there and they waited there. So when the mushrikun found out, that after they had threatened them and said, we're going to come to finish you off, that actually the Muslims don't care. They've come back, even after all the fatigue and the injuries they got from Uhud. They've come back with their army and they're waiting now on the way to Hamra'ul Asad. When they found out about that, uh, fear struck their hearts. أَصَابَهُمَ الرُّعْبِ قَالُوا مَا خَرَجُوا إِلَّا وَفِيهِمْ قُوَّةِ They said there's no way they've come out against us. There can't be any other way except that they must have strength in them. How else would they have dared to come out against us now? After what just occurred to them in Uhud. They must have strength in them. So they fled. They fled and they quickly returned back all the way to Makkah. فَهَرَبُوا إِلَى مَكَّةَ وَأَلْقَى اللَّهُ الرُّعْبَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ لَمَّا صَدَقَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ وَصَبَرُوا وَتَوَكَّلُوا عَلَى اللَّهِ So fear was put into their hearts, and they fled quickly and returned all the way back to Mecca, uh, after realizing that their threat that they had sent had no impact on the Muslims. In fact, the Muslims had come out against them. So that is what occurred in that battle of Uhud and straight after it. And so the Shaykh, uh, he gives this example to highlight that the fear of the shaitan or the awliya of the shaitan then that is not something that a Muslim has fear of. Rather your fear is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلِ So the believers, they returned upon the virtue and blessing of Allah back to Medina, safe and sound, uh, with the reward. وَلَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ And no harm came to them. Rather they were given reward upon that. Uh, and that's why it then mentions, إِنَّمَا ذَلِكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ that this is the shaitan who is trying to make you fear from his army, the army of the kuffar, the ones who are accursed, etc. from the shayateen. And that do not fear them, but rather fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's where the shaykh mentions this ayah is applicable as an example, that the believers, when they were tried, the mushrikeen attempted to make them fear, the shaitan attempted to make them fear, Instead, even after all the injuries of Uhud, they got up and they went out against them with no fear. No fear of the shaitan, no fear of the army of the shaitan. And instead they said, we put our trust in Allah, and Allah is the best of protectors. 
Uh, we'll conclude upon that particular ayah, and then we'll carry on next week with the remainder. There's a few more ayat to come in this chapter yet. So we'll go with the rest of the ayat next week and the other ahadith uh, talking about the issue of fear. And then after that, once the chapter of fear finishes, you come to the chapter which is suitable to it, the chapter of putting your trust in Allah. After completing the chapter of fear, then it explains the chapter of putting your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not having fear of the jinn and the shayateen, etc. So we leave it there today. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.